So are we living in 2021 or not? I I, I don't know, Aaron. Um, all all sensors would indicate yes. Then why do we have like an early 2010s TV show premiering this year? Probably for the same reason that that guy who makes catastrophe movies is making another catastrophe movie. Like seriously, get better at things people like I, la brea looks awful i guess this i just don't nature. understand your hatred for it it's it looks like the terrible stuff that they throw in mid-season to replace the show that just ended like this looks like the replacement for brooklyn 99 or something the replacement for a humorous cop drama is to do the La Brea Tar Pits no, with not, dinosaurs? Not, not replacement, but like they need something to fill the time slot. And those two audiences just overlap so effortlessly. Monstrosity of the life. I guess it but the, like it's the got dinosaurs, promotion. Aaron. Dinosaurs. It, it, even if it has dinosaurs, I don't care. It looks knee-jerk reaction. So listener, listeners, understand this is 100% knee-jerk. But I, I just don't understand how the quality the, the quality of the show looks like it was made back in 2010. Every once in a while, Aaron just goes hard and fast on something he knows nothing about and nothing. has 15 seconds of exposure to, and he'll just call it like right then and there. Like I've called, <laughs> yeah, and I've been unsuccessful in some of that stuff in the past. You didn't call Artemis Fowl. No, no, I was. Su I found a, a post from Facebook uh, where I was like, "Oh my God, it's the director of Thor, and Disney's doing it. It's gonna be great." Oh, you <sighs> poor sweet child. Oh, goodness. I did not know better. I, I, <laughs> I fully apologize because I did not know better. Okay, so just, I guess, it's got dinosaurs, Aaron, and woolly mammoths. Okay, and the, so, there was literally no, 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 a television no. show where, like, it was a very similar setup to this, but instead of random people just kind of falling into this giant pit, it was like a society that lived alongside dinosaurs, used them as to kind of like a modern day Flintstones, but That's not Dinotopia. a. Uh, there was maybe a, there was a book series and movie. I I don't television think, series. Weren't they like real small or no? No, I, I don't think this was um, that. I guess again, okay, just, just the one I'm thinking. Just of. walk me through your impression. Like, what was it that immediately when you saw it said this is going to be shit? Well, so the first trailer that I watched was the woman hanging off the the side of the cliff, and then telling this person that she loved them. I thought, oh, cool. Their main main protagonist is you know uh a homosexual or is a lesbian and no it's a mom uh i love you or tell your father or it's like or she's like i love you and then falls into the into this gaping hole which to me makes me feel like okay she the the person that was left on the cliff that's gonna be like the main character they're gonna try to figure out what's going on with this and then the person who fell into the hole wakes up in this weird distant land okay kind of interesting concept been explored before but you know maybe they t take a new twist and then they reveal the name la brea as in the tar pits go fuck yourselves so you object to its basis on real places in our world the no that's not why i have a problem it's a half decent idea completely ruined by the core concept so if it wasn't the La Brea Tar Pits, you'd be okay with it. I would be more okay with it or less hated. <laughs> like, I'm talking minuscule. It looks like a terrible car. I mean, it just looks like a bad TV show. It looks like one of those ones that's like, this show only lasted three episodes, and then it just didn't have the ratings, so they got canned. It's like, it, it looks like hanging with Mr. Hitler or whatever that terrible, tele terrible television show. Now, obviously, two completely different concepts, but... It just, it looks bad. <laughs> it, it looks like one of those TV shows from the 2010s, like the Charlie's Angels reboot or the... Well, I'm curious, now that Roland Emmerich has another movie out called... Why do you keep coming back to this? Well, like, maybe there's a resurgence going on of, like, disaster movies. We had them um, way care. back in the it, early 90s, and then 9-11 happened, and they all died. And we didn't have disaster movies anymore. Oh, no, I wonder if it's did. finally we been... We, we had Day After Tomorrow. We but had 2012. It wasn't, I mean, they weren't critically acclaimed. No one really no, cared about I liked, them. I like 2012 way more than I should have. <laughs> I've seen scenes from that movie of just a limo driving off the edge of a cliff while an old oh, lady it, yeah, gets... Oh, yeah, it is disaster porn. It is. Yeah, it so is. maybe there was, like, maybe we're now finally getting that 10-year go-around. Like, we're going to try disaster things again and see what sticks. But it's not a disaster. That's the thing is I think that's going to happen in, like, the first 30 seconds. 
seconds or, you know, maybe in the first 10 minutes. And then it's going to be about trying to get everyone back together, trying to either get people to this land and be able to go back and forth or get people away from this land and back to the real world. It's not about the, the fact that this pit opened up. It, I mean, it is, but it's going to get rid of that concept pretty quickly. I'm hopeful for Westworld with Woolly Mammoths. I could get behind that. It, it No, it's not going to be anything computer generated. <laughs> Wait, it, you don't think they're going to show the actual dinosaurs? Oh, no, they are. But I don't know why Westworld popped in. Oh, because it was alliteration and I thought I was clever. Well, I know what you are. You're Elizabeth. And you're Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Welcome back, everyone. We apologize for the super, super long hiatus. We've missed you. Life uh, gets uh, in the way. Uh, finds a way. We just Two enjoyed. <laughs> we just enjoyed a really long summer break. Consider this just a real long, unrelaxing, anxiety-riven <laughs> summer break. So much shit went down this summer, guys. You have no idea. And we, we're not really going to get into much of it. Uh, no, because we're going to get right into the fun stuff, I think. Um, We've been gone so for so long. I think we've forgotten how to podcast. So we needed something yeah. surefire. We we're, needed something. We're actually going to skip the sponsor dome this time because um, not because we don't have a sponsor. We actually um, are no longer sponsored by Audible. Uh, we there Still was a read change. books, though, please. Yeah, still read books. We absolutely recommend that. Uh, the There is going to be a new sponsor on the next episode. Um, that will take time and actually go into a little bit more. But the uh, w- we are no longer sponsored by Audible. So if you still want to use that link, you can. Um, I think it may be dead at this point um, for the Married to the Idea. I'll still do book recommendations because I'm still every, reading. Yeah, every so often. <laughs> you know, why uh, not? Uh, but we thought that we would kick off this episode, our return to form after so many months of hiatus, with something fun, snappy, exciting. And instead of just talking about one thing or even two things, we're going to talk about 10 things. That's right. It's the summer extravaganza. I uh, I had a different name. I had something for this. Summer Smackdown? No. Summer. I had. I swear I had something for this. Because it's like it, something showing the multitude, but with an S, with the alliteration. See, Anyways. it's hard to alliterate, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, we are going to review uh, quickly um, about... 10 different things. When we say quickly, we're going to give only five minutes to ourselves for each one of these movies or TV shows that we saw this summer. Yeah, we, we, we got to experience a lot. So we're very thankful for, you know, people putting up with us and getting to do this and stuff like that. So um, there's also going to be some new stuff on the horizon. Um, hopefully uh, not necessarily a new logo, but maybe some new stickers um and some other fun stuff that i'm working on when you have a graphic designer for a husband he can't help but tweak i'm very excited to see what he comes up with um so yes we're gonna do five minutes for each thing i have the timer ready to go so you may hear you may or may not hear the timer depends on how uh miss editor uh goes about it so it depends on what my uh (laughs) depends on if i remember how to edit who even knows anymore (laughs) well i'm I'm gonna push for you to use this program that we're actually recording on because you can do a lot more stuff with it. So, oh, answer. <laughs> All right. So, Liz, uh, why don't you tell us our first thing and we're going to get started. All right. First thing we're going to talk about. Infinity Train. And go. I was excited to watch this. And when we found the, the first season on a DVD. A year ago, we bought this on DVD, the first season. And I knew I wanted to watch it. I had no idea it was an anthology series. Uh, yeah, it's not where each episode is a different thing. Um, it is each season kind of takes a different approach. A different or protagonist, a different viewpoint of the train. It's yeah. so cool. Gallery Nucleus actually just did a show about this. And we've only watched season one. Yes. And we love it immensely. We can't wait to watch more seasons of it. And I, I can't wait. I love wait. the concept for it. Like, there is literally this chain with infinite cars. That you, you will never reach the end of. 
but one the the main character does try to reach the end of it because she's trying to get home. If so. you're a fan of Cartoon Network animation, but have been looking for something with more nuance and emotionality, I highly recommend Infinity Train. It's still funny and adorable, but like it has a sucker punch. It knows how to oh, get yeah. you and like hurt you real bad. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of moments I remember when we were watching this. I was just like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, they don't they don't take the easy way out. It gets it gets intense several times during this show. I wouldn't say it has as much of an emotional impact as say like Steven Universe, but it definitely it definitely knows where to kind of throw some of those punches. Um, who is your favorite character from the first season of Infinity Train? I, I got to go main character Tula because um, it does show uh, her growth as a character, and she does have a little bit more of a defined arc. There's a couple other thing, uh, a couple other characters that I were interested in, but Tulip was the most engaging one for me. I'm debating right now because one of these, the minute I saw it and the minute it spoke, I knew I loved it immensely. But I love the character arc of the other one more. Uh, the cat is fantastic. I will of say course. no more about it, but I do love cats in fiction. They just have a lot of fun and nuance. But I think One One is probably my favorite character. One One. You think it's just going to be kind of a uh, a fun little comic relief character, but they they find reasoning for uh, for it it's, real quick. One one has like portal style Glados humor, which I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah. uh, Glados when she's on the potato and and two. If you can mix Glados with the potato with Olaf from Frozen two, I think you'd get you'd one one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, with just a little bit. Oh god, I just had it there for a second. Oh, uh, freaking uh, the robot from Hitchhiker's Guide. Yes, you yes, throw a yes. little bit in there, yeah. Oh, there's and so like, many good things. There's yeah, there's some like some of the characters from Portal that you kind of throw into that because there's like the Space Core and then Wheatley. When we first watched this first thing for Infinity Train, it was like five minutes of one of the episodes. It no, I think it was the whole first episode. That's right. But it, I mean, it's all, it's like a little fifteen minute episode, anyways. It introduced uh, a King Corgi character, and I'm like, this is so cute. I oh, love that's it. Right. It wasn't the first. Ep- it was like the second or third episode. Exactly. They introduced this character, and when I started watching the show. That wasn't the first episode, so each train was different. They never stayed at the same train once. They never brought more people with them. Most of the trains were uninhabited until they get to this place. I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss the corgis. And then he actually gets to go along with them, which was so cool. I didn't think they were going to go for that. Yes, having him follow along is such a cool little... It it makes it feel like the world is more rounded, and it's not just... It it gives him hope, honestly. Yes, yeah, and it... It, honestly, it's kind of a fun car, anyways. It's all all of them are corgis, and they're all like just so regal and everything like that. Gosh, so fun! Um, I'm really hopeful. That's uh, right, Ernie Hudson. Was that was it. It was Ernie Hudson. Good old such, Ernie. Oh, which is such a good voice. Such a good voice. Um, I loved its idea of memory. It actually has a very inside out sort of approach. Uh, the movie, the Pixar movie, inside out approach to emotions and our memories and how we can't just let bad things we can't let them disappear or forget them and we can't just live in them we have to move on we have to grow we have to accept these things that make us and continue yeah because the the more you are stuck the more you are the more you you know just wallow in your emotions the more you're stuck and also a really nuanced take on divorce honestly which i wasn't expecting us to get into and death there's there's just so much good stuff and then just really fun episodes where they go through a little Chuck E. Cheese ball pit train. <laughs> that was that was a good episode until the end. Until the so. end. Oh. My so gosh. and we're we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that anymore because uh, we don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> uh, but there is some really good moments in this, and um, the season is very short. It's only like 13, 15 episodes long, and they're only like fifteen minutes. So it's a very Kind of Steven Universe, I fly through the first season. I kind of think I've appreciated that more and more. Ever since we started binging Steven Universe, and we will come back for Steven, U- Steven Universe Future Guys. We will, I promise. Eventually. Eventually. Uh, we got to, oh, uh, so a fun little note on that. We actually got to hear a couple of the voice actresses from Steven Universe. Oh, at DragonCon, that's right. Yeah. And time. And we used a little bit of time for the... Uh, <laughs> Just for a little bit for a Steven Universe plug. Excellent. All right. So okay. one down, nine to go. All right, Aaron, we're going to do a movie next. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Black Widow. Ooh. Black, Black Widow. <sighs> this movie was the best unnecessary movie. Or not even unnecessary. Poorly timed release movie. This movie should have been released years ago. It should not have been released in the time that it was. I get what they were trying to build up with it. They could have done it in so many other ways. I have such complicated feelings about this movie. 
because in the moment this movie rings true on so many points especially for me as a woman like really hard and at the end of it I can't help but have to look at it in the context of the real world and say boy it's a real shame that this movie which talks about how young girls are the least appreciated cared for and safe creatures on our planet on a movie about a dead character one of the few characters to stay dead funded by that actress five years too late after everyone else got their movie when the character's already dead like it's so hard because the movie's so good why couldn't have this been like a tv show even or why couldn't it have been like i get a couple of things and we're not going to go too much into spoilers because we're i mean there's so many other spoilers that could be uh essentially come off of this movie but we're not going to go into like the major spoilers from this or like the after credit scene or anything like that. Yeah, I don't care about the plot stuff honestly for Black Widow. Like the movie is so much more than at its this point. Plot just points. go. We we can recommend the movie. The movie itself is good. Uh, Slide I, it into the correct canon. Like, don't watch it. Like Aaron was actually just been rewatching all the Marvel movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, to Guardians. I think. Um, don't watch them like in order of release. Slide Black Widow in chronologically. I think it's so much more impactful and powerful to especially with how it ends too exactly like you won't get spoiled for anything because we already know like we already know what happens yeah yeah i mean she survives the movie it's like that's might be a spoiler but i mean come on duh because she's in the other movies so i uh i i have to point out i really like david um sorry david harbour and then rachel weiss in this they I totally both, did not realize that was a racial vice. She did a good bo- job. They both did a great job. David Harbour, his character is not likable at the beginning and kind of goes through waves of unlikability. I don't think he ever gets likable. Personally, I don't think there's anything about him that's re- redeemable. He's funny, sure, but when you get to the point of what these two did to their daughters, like literally how this went down, I don't really have any sympathy for the parents. I get that I they, don't, yeah. they may have grown fond of their children, but... In the end, they had a very specific job that never altered. They never altered that fact. Personally, I kind of like that the film is not only female-driven, but most of the characters are women, and the men are either villains or jokes. And I know that makes me sound like I'm president of the She-Man Woman Haters Man Haters Club, but I really like it because it's just rare. It's really nice to see a movie focused on that. Yeah, and and truth be told, Florence Pugh um, and Scarlett Johansson, like again, they work together so good. The chemistry between these two actresses is palpable. And I don't mean like in a romantic sense, in a friendship sisterly sense. Like it like Florence Pugh holds a huge grudge against Scarlett Johansson and you can feel Most it. Most of the Marvel stuff that I've enjoyed has been when two sisters under the abuse of a parental figure have finally gotten over their baggage and learned to trust each other again. We saw it with Gamora and Nebula and we see it here with these two. Yeah. And I love that. And the the payoff for this movie near the end of the movie is great. There is a couple moments that I think some more not non-casual fans like Liz and I are less casual fans or less serious fans or more serious fans are. What are you saying? Sorry, you there's gonna everything. be there's gonna probably be some people who hated a, how a couple characters were treated. Um, yes, and there's, there's one in particular, and I'm not I'm not gonna even mention anything else beyond that. For comic but, book accuracy, I think people tend to like feel that way and that's where i like I, I acknowledge that venom is trash and not a good portrayal of the character but it's a good portrayal of the, the character that i like <laughs> it's not the worst portrayal that i've ever seen though i will say i really want to watch let there be carnage but i'm a little scared to go see it I, yeah you might have to be a little drunk for it yeah like give me a little loopy like when you tried to when you successfully got me on the mummy roller coaster <laughs> at universal studios liquor me up a little bit and then take me to see the thing that was a, that was a really fun time so I, we do recommend it. It's just Marvel need or the MCU, Kevin Feige and all them need to get their head out of their ass, and they did it too late. And, and they there's a reason step away why this, having this daddy film, issues. Th- there's a reason that this film uh, was not it was not unsuccessful. Um, but the uh, it, it wasn't as successful as it could have been. Time. So, <laughs> and, and Scarlett Johansson knows that, and that's why there's the whole bullshit about uh, behind. I don't mean bullshit. The the yes, but we don't have time to get into yes. it. All right, what's next? Uh, we're gonna go back from movie to TV, and we're going to go with something that we didn't watch the first season of. We're instead finishing out a show instead of just starting it. We're talking about Brooklyn Nine Nine. 
Oh, God, this one hurt. This show was so good. In the last couple of seasons, even helped make the show better. There were a couple things, I dis- a couple decisions I disagreed with. Um, there's a couple of things like they were really just trying to make the stakes a little higher for the cast and, and everything. But they never took that mentality too far. Um, obviously, the show has ended, so we recommend it fully. But it's so, so good. Every I enjoy character. everyone in the ensemble cast. They're all good and unique and interesting and exciting to watch. I don't want to say when, um, what's her face, Gina, when she leaves. I do it, miss Gina. She did take an element with her, and there was a little bit of controversy behind her leaving, too, which makes me a little sad. But if you look at the full cast with um, you, in reality, you only have four white men on there, and one of them is like the complete dork, and two of them are like the old fuddy-duddies kind of thing. But even then, they're not really typical fuddy-duddies. Inept. Inept, thank you, that's perfect. And then you only have the one kind of smarmy uh, white guy asshole uh, typical character. Who's often our protagonist in these things. Yes. Funny how that goes. You actually see a lot of character growth, and you see this heavily in the last season. Here's the thing, we're in the last season, we've just finished it, and there's a reason that it was the last season, besides getting dropped and then picked up and so many things. Aaron, do you think there was a way to keep Brooklyn Nine-Nine going with the current political climate? And we're not going to get deep and heavy into it but do you think there was a way to do it in a way that cop shows are still going now and not all of them have canceled before the before we watched the season i would have said no after this season i would have said i now say yes do i do i see why they wanted to go ahead and end it yes because the way they wrapped up the story actually kind of made sense um i feel it was a little bit of a cop out but not nearly as much as say like how i met your mother um or you know as as much as it is my still my favorite television show um scrubs they knew they needed to kind of end so they found a way to kind of wrap things up that one was a little bit more of a kind of quick turnaround this one has means it makes just a little bit more sense it's not it doesn't completely make sense there have been other ways to wrap up shows better but this one has made the most sense so far and you think it should have stopped <sighs> I, I'm on both sides of the fence, unfortunately. It's difficult the, at this because point. Because of what I they did in this last season. It's difficult, I think, because there's some part of you that wants to be like, yeah, leave the system, just middle finger guns ablaze and just leave it and leave this whole thing of fire wreckage behind. But there's also something to be said about being in it and continuing to make positive change by working the system. I don't know which way is the right way or the wrong way. All I know is... They, they've addressed that multiple times in the show, in the full show run. And they show that with the character. They show yeah. one character just leaving the force, just totally to do, go do their own thing and because they know it's yeah. what it is. And and it's it, it, it was a difficult subject matter to tackle, and I think they tackled it the best that they could. I don't think this is a worse season. I think that if you're looking for a show that maintains good consistency from beginning to end, this is this is definitely one of those shows. Like I agree. It, there there is a couple moments uh, at the end of a couple of the episodes that just kind of hit you in the gut, and you're just like. Oh, fuck. And then it just ends. The show was really good about not saying at the end of an episode, wrapping everything up nicely. It often ended on still unresolved. Yeah. But not in a cliffhanger way, more in a life doesn't get a nice bow tie. Yeah. And and that's what what the show was great at. It was finding the the humor in every day or finding the reality in crazy situations. Now, I know that we both love Andy Samberg, like, a lot, honestly. Um, But which is your favorite member of the cast if if i if i can't choose andy sandberg i would probably say either terry jeffords or captain raymond holt those are both very good i would you know me i'm gonna go either rosa diaz or i'm going to get amy santiago yeah i gotta go with my two ladies and the thing is just because they're two sides of a personality that i wish to have this buy the books pencil push nerd for binders and this kick-ass biker chick who gives no shit but deeply deeply wants emotional connection like yeah there's, i love it and, and that's the thing too is not a single one of the main cast is poorly written even gina where you think at one time is maybe a little bit less of a character and um it's she's not she's really she actually They're has all some so dimensional yeah they have so much complexity or even um i i pointed out gina but it's more so uh, the the two old guys uh hitchcock, hitchcock and scully, and scully. 
even they get depth at a couple points. That's so. yeah, <laughs> good, good timing, nice. Okay, what's our next movie? All right, I'm gonna throw a bit of a wild card into this one because I know you're looking at the list with me and saying, "Wait a minute, ten? I I only recognize nine of these." Yeah, we're we're uh, going off the deep end here. We're gonna do a movie you haven't seen. We're gonna do Jungle Cruise. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> So, trying to stay away from spoilers. No spoilers. I'm not going to do that. Um, Jungle Cruise, while you are watching it, is a fun and enjoyable romp with The Rock. Because he's just so charming. He is my everything. My Rock, my Dwayne, my Johnson. (laughs) But afterwards, I came home to tell Aaron of the movie that I had seen. And the more I said it, the more I described it to him, the more I realized... It's ridiculous. And not only ridiculous in a fun way, ridiculous in a poorly plotted, poorly paced, from the, from the very opening moment. Uh, I'm sitting with my friend in the theater having a drink at one of those fancy bar theaters. And it opens with over the over blackness narration. And the first thing is, uh, the world is full of legends. I'm like, okay. The next one is, there's a tree whose petals can kill any illness, but the Mayans used it, and then it was cut down, but then it was revivified, and like, what, 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 what? And I had to look over at my friend, like, it's not that I like drank too much too fast, right? No, this is literally how the movie's going. Okay, cool, super. Uh, the characters are really fun and enjoyable. And I think that's why I didn't realize all of the horrible plot progression. It's basically Pirates of the Caribbean mixed with the mummy, mixed with Jumanji, which I have called it several times, <laughs> accidentally since seeing it. Uh, was it worth going to see in the theaters? No, but we definitely miss going to the movies, so we'll do anything at this point, honestly, just to get out into the world. Uh, wait for it to be free on Disney+. Plus. Um, all I know is I came home to tell Aaron, and, that, and in the middle of talking about these Spanish conquistadors made of mud and honeybees. Aaron just gave me this look. <laughs> this this look of incredulity like you can't be serious, right? You're playing with me. No wait, there's more. It was so convoluted, unnecessarily so. Paul Giamatti is in it at some point. There's a CGI tiger. Um I don't I don't know. Sometimes it's real on point with its like dissection of how you use native indigenous culture to like pepper excitement into your touristy jungle cruise like oh yeah that is kind of like good and in the other sense it's saying like actually your family doesn't mean jack and it's okay to die and all this weird shit (laughs) i i don't know how to describe it definitely have a drink when you watch it definitely let yourself be carried away if you want to nitpick this is the movie to do it i can't imagine having a more enjoyable pleasurable experience (laughs) than (laughs) watching the rock make Terrible pun after terrible pun. Which apparently actually come from the Jungle Cruise ride itself. Oh, without a doubt. The Now, that's really cute. The first, like, five minutes of this, when we're not doing our um, heroin heist, is The Rock doing basically the Jungle Cruise ride in movie format with, like, the hippos spewing water and the, the indigenous people running along the riverside. Where they're, like, in, always, like, going in a circle. Big loop, big yeah. loop, yeah. There's a waterfall that we just made happen for you. <laughs> um, I know, Aaron, that it's it's silly for us to talk about a movie that we've that you have never seen. But, honestly, I just had to share it because it was perhaps the most enjoyable retelling experience I've had. That's what I recommend. Go see this movie, and drunk, then, and then go explain it to somebody. You will have the time of your life watching their expression <laughs> change and morph and mogrify. It was uh, astounding when I was sitting there listening to you and Jonathan, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, just explain how ridiculous this movie was and Honestly, I'm still shocked at like that they made it this way. So um, I will kind of wrap it up with a fun little, uh, <laughs> fun little trivia tidbit. Uh, tidbit. 
Uh, when discussing having a bath in the river, Frank mentions that he warmed it earlier, inferring that he had urinated in the river. Yeah, he does make that joke. This would make the second Disney movie where Dane du- Dwayne Johnson does this after Moana, Moana, where Moana noticed that the ocean was getting warmer, implying that Johnson's character Maui was s- simultaneously peeing. In is this it. a Tom Hanks thing where we're just going to know when this man is always urinating, it's always going to be a, a joke or plot point progression? That is always something with Tom Hanks, isn't it? That's I so know. weird. Isn't that odd? We always need to know where the man is pissing always always it's always important um all right 15 seconds ago but i think i've had my fill go see jungle cruise uh but really what you should do is go see the pirates of the caribbean again the first one and go watch the mummy oh, again oh man there's an entire list of how sim- similar to the mummy this is oh, it's oh my goodness accurate yeah. they they said they have it for a reason <laughs> excellent liz cut here this movie shares many similarities with Stephen Summers' film The Mummy. An idealist and an enthusiastic woman looking for legendary treasure, a rogue adventurer who turns into a hero, the woman has an annoying brother who usually complains about everything and only wants to have an upper-class lifestyle, an antagonistic suf- suffering an immortal, immortal curse with uh, involving magical powers, a rascal looking for money, a greedy character looking for money related to the hero, <laughs> Uh, an exotic location full of dangers, legends, and curses. In her first scene, Evelyn Car- Carnahan keeps stand in stand up in a stair in a vertical, perfect vertical in the library. In her first scene, Lily Houghton keeps standing up in a stair. <laughs> oh my god, they really pulled that off. Okay, cool. That's hilarious. Okay. Oh, oh man. I'm not cutting that. I'm keeping that in. Okay. I'm you can... so glad someone made a list of that. All right. What is our next television show? Back to TV, back to animation. We're talking about Kid Cosmic. Oh, boy. I remember seeing this trailer a little while ago. I'm like, hmm, this kind of looks interesting. I did not know the ride that we were in for with this show. Uh, so Kid Cosmic uh, is a Netflix original show uh, created by Craig McCracken, which you would know from Wander Over Yonder, uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary uh, Kids. Friends. Uh, friends, thank you. <laughs> the kids aren't imaginary. The friends are. <laughs> it's just a bunch of imaginary children. Uh, and he, he's, he's known for one more, and I'm forgetting what it is. I mean, it's got to be the big one, right? I mean, it's got to be Dexter's Lab, right? I think he did Dexter's Lab. I know Jetty Tark Tavorsky had... Some involvement in that too. But Their I eyes are very similar. We are watching Wander Over Yonder right now. Haven't finished the first season though, so we're not going to talk about it here. But that or the oh. series, I think it's only got like two. But the opening song is catchy as balls. I Wander s- Over Yonder. I do it all the time. Anyway, Kid Cosmic, five magic rings. Well, five magic stones that this kid finds in the middle of the desert uh, that he gives not willingly to five people that then have to form a superhuman team to stop the alien invaders that are coming seeking to reclaim these power stones. Uh, from that premise alone, you're probably thinking Avengers, Infinity Gauntlet, Thanos kind of stuff. You're probably thinking um, every, oh, got to keep the powers a secret, or otherwise my parents would never understand sort of story. But it doesn't do that. It plays with none of the expected tropes that you would think it is, and instead literally just says, Actually, the character is the most interesting part as opposed to the aliens. It's like a different alien, perhaps like six different alien races all in the same episode that they deal with on a constant basis. It's just fight after fight after fight trying to keep the world at bay. Uh, As well as a cut-in-half alien. Don't worry, he's alive for some reason. Just talking to them and talking shit about them all the time. (laughs) What really drives the show is it's similar to like Steven Universe, how Steven is a kid. And kids do have to go through bumps and bruises to learn sometimes. And uh, Kid, the main character, is definitely one of those. He he kind of can grate on you a little bit. He can kind of get a little annoying. In a kid way, though. Yeah, exactly. He does. He does still have a lot of endearing qualities. He he's very imaginative. He wants to help people. Maybe not always for the right reasons. Uh, but he is he does believe in the best and it really in the one season that we watched the second season is coming out soon if it's not already come out it's going to be a, a great show for for people to watch because it's not about the powers it's about the people now that being said which of the rings would you want to have uh 
flight, essentially, uh, portal, uh, growing, um, multiplying, multiply, and then future vision. If I had to choose, I would choose either the flying or the portal. I'd actually choose the multiplying. I could get a lot more stuff done if there were three of me. <laughs> I'm sure there's like, if, if you choose this power, then you, you... Oh, yeah, without a doubt. There's a test out there letting us know what weird things we're into by <laughs> proxy of what power we'd pick. <laughs> and there's a couple twists in this one season I was like, was not expecting. Not, Honestly, not yeah. Like, by the end of it, I don't even think I called it, but the minute, like, the industrial military complex shows up to confiscate the rings of power, I think that was when it started clicking for me, like, there is something going on here that I didn't really notice before. It pays off in a great way too. There's some there's some amazing moments in this first season and how this season ends, setting up the second season. I'm so excited for it cuz there's so you've got the main five characters or really main four characters of Kid um uh, his grandfather Joe and then Rosa who is the young girl who can like grow real big. I can, whenever I see her, I can only think Noodle. I don't know why Noodle <laughs> from Gorillas. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, I get that. Uh, Papa G is his name. Uh, but there's there, all the characters are really good, and then there's like a cast of some other characters, like people in town. Yeah, but it's a real small, like midwestern dusty town, so there's not many people. So it's hilarious how they build this thing up. They set up this world really coolly, and like. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's some the music music is on point oh, yes the music oh it's like i got a got a great like punk uh like early punk style oh. stripped down guitar it's yeah it's really punk like we I, <laughs> Aaron and i just went to a punk flea market and we're really into the so ass- cool it's so cool <laughs> uh and the voice acting is really well done especially for kid uh, sometimes when you have kid actors or child actors doing these kind of things it cannot be the best. It can get a little much. This kid is perfectly cast. He's got the uh, hyperkinetic energy, and he and then uh, Joe. Uh, all of them are good. <laughs> They're all very, very good. All right, give me another movie. Well, we are at the midway point. We're at the top of the hill. Let's talk about the Suicide Squad. Man, this movie kind of surprised me in how good it was because of how terrible Suicide Squad was. And the reason it's good is because James Gunn has a very direct style with his humor and his writing. Um, Idris Elba plays a good, I really don't want to be here guy because it's just kind of Idris Elba. (laughs) He's Uh, too good for all of this. (laughs) And Margot Robbie is harley quinn she i, I can't i cannot it. describe this any better like there's um the the tv series that is on hbo max 100 recommend I, don't, I forget if we talked about it on here or not we have because uh, we compared it to the fabulous emancipation of one harley quinn right okay so both iterations of harley quinn are really good margot robbie as harley as harley quinn is has like been the mo- most pitch perfect casting as of late for dc hiding within the suicide squad movie was a Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn character study. Yes. The movie just stops to just do this study with her. I kind of wish James Gunn had just made a separate Harley Quinn movie. Not going to lie. Okay, so we all know that Elizabeth can't stand a lot of things with her films. The movie is fine. It's not 100% in Rotten Tomatoes fine. I don't know where that's coming from, guys. The (laughs) high rating that it got right at the beginning... I, I think was a little bit like, it's not Suicide Squad. It's the Suicide Squad. And I get that. It's, yeah, I mean, if you want to, like, subvert my expectations or just hurt me more, sure. Why not kill off Nathan Fillion again within the first five minutes of the movie? Like, <laughs> fine. Every time you bring him on. But fine. Sure. Whatever. It's it's cool. You're subverting. I get it. Gore. Whatever. It's a perfectly <laughs> that, that fine movie. Scene, like, was just super fucked up. Oh, my God. It's, it, it's so. The more, and the more it went on, I'm like, I get it. But then after a while, you get, like, the plot holes, like, how does Amanda Waller let them all keep working for her after they essentially, like, knocked her unconscious in the middle of a high-stakes mission? Like, and they're uh, all still there. Yeah, yeah there's, like, and, and, we're, and uh, even though this has been out for a little while, we're still going to try to avoid spoilers. I won't do any more spoilers than that, but the the movie is fine. The movie, the movie is I would not is watch ser- it again. The, the movie is serviceable. It is the best uh, ensemble DCEU movie as of late. And that's not saying much. <laughs> when the bar is set as low as Justice League and Suicide Squad, 
you you don't have to jump that high to clear that hurdle. Fair uh, enough. We have still not watched this the Snyder cut of Justice League, which we've been recommended. I I honestly I don't have a lot of hope in it or for it, and honestly I just have no desire to see it. I, just I haven't don't seen. Think, I don't think the people who are making Batman and Superman right now really understand what Batman and Superman are, or at least what I would prefer to see them struggle and overcome in a movie. It just it just feels like it's all dark. That's why I like Wonder Woman so much because they've. Movies been able to be yeah. fun and important. But Wonder Woman 84 was not as good as it could have been. I honestly really loved Wonder Woman 84. I loved that you can't have everything, which is such a, yeah, a hard thing to talk about. Because everyone you, you want to say you can have it all. Actually, the fuck you can't sometimes. And you have to let it go. That, and it's a great lesson. It just wasn't as well put out there as Wonder Woman originally, or the original Wonder Woman was. But even that had some big major holes in it. It, it did. When you walk back, you know, it's hard sometimes. You love a thing in the moment, and you have to walk back and take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never, like, felt more for... A, I've never felt more like a character has made the right decision, even though it's hard. Usually in the movies for a superhero film, it's like, it's going to hurt a lot, but I have to do it because it's what's right. I've never really felt like they had any emotional stakes in the game until one woman literally had to give up the man that she loves and he had and he had to let her know it was okay because the world was more important than this than your own personal thing and for her to make that choice i don't know we kind of got off topic i just yeah, i th- n- like that five minutes a scene like that did not happen in the suicide squad oh no me. no it's but that's not what this movie was about that's the thing though watching it it feels like it has very important things to say about how we treat foreign relationships and America's power and individuals versus the collective. It feels like it has very important things to say. And then it just forgets about them at the end because joke. Yeah, I, I know it's not, it's not the best handled and I don't really blame James Gunn on this. I blame those who are running the DC uh, EU because it's not well handled right now. You get these moments of brilliance like Shazam honestly is probably my favorite favorite of the dceu at the moment aquaman was fine i liked it it's it did not hold my attention and the cg was kind of terrible at times but (laughs) this one is probably my favorite of the ensemble um for a few different reasons polka dot man harley quinn (laughs) Uh, well let's let's just be honest the the group that we follow and there's a there's a reasons behind that i mean that's why we like guardians of the galaxy is because james gunn fair enough all right, let's jump back into TV realm, TV land. What's up next? Gonna be famous five ever, cause forever's too short. Girls five ever. Let's do it. Ah, such a fun joke. This show <laughs> knocked me out how, how good it was in like the first episode. I think I've now come to the realization that I pretty much like anything that tina fey has her hands in pretty much we probably need to do like a retrospective of uh, mean girls because i've heard it how clever that movie is and i just remember like watching it on a band bus i'm like i don't really get it because i didn't really get it and now i probably would uh like even 30 rock which i have not watched in any consistency i'd be willing to go back for that too because we got on tina fey's bandwagon with uh unbreakable kimmy schmidt yes and which is great love how it ended too such a like I loved it. It was like high and low. But with Girls 5 Ever, I I love this concept. It's, this is it seems relevant. In the, yeah, in the in the, the the society that we live in or the, the kind of We live mentali- in a society. We live in a society. The kind of mentality that we live in right now, this makes so much sense. And the talent that you have in this main cast, Sarah Bareilles, um, uh, Busy Phillips, Paula Pell, and uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry. Or Golds, yeah, Goldsberry. They got a freaking Hamilton in this, they guys. Got, they got a Broadway diva, and she is one of the best characters. I mean, they're all amazing characters. Oh, I get serious. Um, Good Place. Uh, oh, Tahiti. Tahiti uh, vibes off of her so oh hard. Oh my god! And it's and all four of them are hilarious in their own. Sarah Bareilles. Why oh, have you not been acting more than I this? I love Sarah, and that's not a thing that all singers can do. Like, yeah. it's just so cute. It's really sweet. And <laughs> like, I remember in high school, uh, the the theater teacher who was also the musical director uh, told me at one point, he's like, "That is the hardest thing for directors, is especially if you're doing a musical. You either have to find an actor who can sing a little bit or a singer who can act a little bit, because you really can never and find a singer, the two. an actress, and a dancer. That's the triple threat right there. <laughs> I'm a triple threat. Like, <laughs> th- like that that line 
that's what you hear in Girls Five Ever, and it's so good. It's a show about a one-hit wonder band trying to hit back into the after a really big mumble rap rapper samples their song because it's an old 90s song mm-hmm. to give like like that's what a great concept for that like oh shouldn't you be giving us money for that no as it turns out and yeah. and the, the, <laughs> like the the realities that they face and the hurdles that they face really freaking make sense for this story it's real there's a couple payoffs too that like really come out of out of left field it's realist yet also idealist i think yes. that's the nice that's the thing that like gives me hope and like makes me feel good about movies and shows is when they take a real look at the scenarios that are going down in life around us but then give us like a it doesn't it doesn't work out perfectly or right but it does work out well or they made their choice and they can enjoy the consequences of it um love stephen colbert's cameo oh yeah that was that was that was a fun cameo Unnecessary character, but fun cameo. Uh, the clear piano was just my oh, favorite running t- gag of <laughs> that, the entire yes, show. That was great. Um, my favorite episode was when they talk about uh, Sarah Bareilles' character is scared about, like, should we have another kid? Our kid will grow up lonely. Oh, my God. What was it? Single? <laughs> lonely Brooklyn boy or Ro- something? Lonely Brooklyn boy. It's so hilarious. Like, oh, no, he's going to have no friends, and he's going to wear fedoras and talk about art house films. And then it was so sweet to finally like meet a couple at the end who are like, we have one of those best thing ever. He's like our best friend. We have the best time now that he's grown Which up. It, 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 so it hurts. It hurts. How As accurate. a little only child boy over yeah. there. You uh, are your parents' best friend. It's yeah, okay. That's sweet. I think that's really nice. There's definitely some real life similarities going on. Anyways, uh, hilarious writing, hilarious acting, hilarious characters. I, I cannot say anything better. The way they figure out how to get around some of these challenges is, um, is pretty ingenious too. I, I love the show. I cannot wait for the second season. I really, really hope they do a second season, too. I really hope so, too. I and, think it deserves and, it. And there's, like, unique music all the way through from the girls choreographing stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, there's literally videos. Three innovative shows that the 2021 Emmys missed. This and then that Resident Alien that we need to watch, too. Oh, man. I've been really interested. Do you ever feel like award shows just ignore genre fiction because it's popular? They ignore a lot of stuff because they're dumb. <laughs> oh, here's our hot take. Award shows are dumb. <gasps> Speaking truth to power over here. <laughs> just just real Take uh, that, Emmys. Take bro. that, Oscar and your award show. Yeah. But um we really uh, there's just there's too much talent and too much greatness behind this. Do not listen to the trolls on the IMDb page because they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I can think of worse ways I've spent my time. All right, and time. Oh, perfect timing. All right. We finally have for our next movie. A movie that made Aaron like Aquafina again. It's Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. <laughs> The, I mean, you, you kind of stole my opening line. Yeah. I I don't know what it was about Aquafina other than her terrible, terrible, terrible name. Uh, but I did not care for Aquafina. This movie made me see why she's funny. I don't know how she is in other projects, like her stand-up or her TV shows or anything like that. You kind of feel like they gave her the wrong stuff before, like Melissa McCarthy just having everything she do just be gag out. A physical humor like she's very clever she's got a great delivery she could do any kind of she, comedy you she's want she's been doing it since gilmore girls like Duh. i don't know why we're and sometimes too it's you gotta wonder what they're signing on for kind of thing like they've got to understand what they're doing yeah so but aquafina i would say riot kind of broke the ice a little bit but this is the one that like like melted it over i thought she was endearing i thought she had agency I liked that they weren't a couple at the end. Uh, spoilers: um, There's not really a romantic at the uh, involvement at the end. I think that's good to do every once in a while because not every story ends with like romantic and then the boy love. Got the girl and they yeah. off in the sunset. Because there's there's bigger things going on right now. Like they'll figure it out when it's time for them to figure it out. It's not the time right now. What's more important is that she's an active, participating character with agency and not just a love interest. That's yes. more important. Yeah, she's not a, a Mary Jane from the Raimi films. She's more of a Gwen Stacy from the Mark Webber films. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I'm curious to see if the fallout, I guess, of this film will be similar to when Black Panther came out. On the one hand... Well, this is awesome. What great representation. There's like nearly no white dudes in it at all. To the, 
why didn't we get this so much sooner? Why did it take this long? It, it's similar to a post I just saw and shared today um, on Facebook. It was uh, people are not wanting uh, a black Superman movie. They want a uh, uh, static shock movie. Yes. Like, and, and like race bending is okay in my mind. Like, I don't care. We I've had this discussion with a couple of people. I'm like, I don't care if we have a, a black girl Iron Man or really Iron Heart. I think that's a cool concept. Why can't we have an Asian Spider-Man? Why can't we, you know, have a transgender Hulk? It doesn't freaking matter. If the character is the character, it doesn't matter their their race, their gender, doesn't matter, or their, their sexuality. It doesn't then, matter. But then as we get into it, you see that those things do inform what kind of storylines that the characters can Like encounter. with Static Shock. Static exactly. Shock, it was a black character through and through, and his story reflected that. Not because he had to go through only typical black people problems, because he didn't. But the pro- the way he dealt with some of these problems and the way he handled them, mm-hmm. it. I'm just yeah. glad that Kevin Feige is continuing my streak of guessing that every single villain in a Marvel movie is going to be a daddy issue, like every <laughs> single time. Guys, we're going. We get it. We do. <laughs> Feige, we get it. You're working Dads. out some issues. I understand that. Perhaps yeah. in a more less public forum. Who's to say? Could we, could, we, could, could, could we not? Could we not? Please. Um, I actually really did like that. I was afraid when we got into the, oh, your dead mom is talking to me. She's not dead. She's alive. I do like that the kids are like, nah. Like, we we saw her die. We buried her. Like, dad, you're crazy. He's like, no, I'm right. Like, it was nice to not have them like, well, maybe, maybe he's right. No, the man's insane. He's talking to demons. <laughs> and I think my least favorite character was probably the father character. For a multitude of reasons. It seemed like he was going to be too, like more than two-dimensional. And then he just flipped the script again until the very end when it was time for him to redeem himself by sacrificing yeah. himself, which is what he, they love to he, do. Yondu did it. He, he was did no, it. He was no uh, ego. Let's let's say that. So. Yeah. Um, but I did really like the action in this movie. It was really – it was. It reminded me – oh, I remember saying this like right after or even during. It's like this one would be if Jackie Chan in his prime – made a superhero movie with Marvel uh, in the MCU. They didn't this cut nearly as much. Usually they cut to shit in Marvel movies and I can't tell where the action is going. They let these things play out, which was so much re- so much more refreshing, honestly. And like the uh the CG really did help enhance it at times. Like there's a couple characters like that need need the CG for specific reasons and it really it felt necessary for some of it. There were some moments like near the end when they had to rely too heavily on the CG and it was like, eh. mm-hmm. but, but it was for a very epic reason and I yeah. will I always forgive that when this reason is involved. I can't recall the last time I went oh, when a CGI landscape took over, usually like, oh, fine. But when they make it through the bamboo forest and they see what's on the other side, like I was like, oh, I love that and I love that and I love that. They do rectify a couple things. Oh no! It's, I'm just gonna say that they did rectify a couple issues that have that popped up in the earlier days of the MCU. Yes, we're not gonna spoil anything. We're just gonna say that. Literally, they kind of readdress a plot element, and it was yes. cool to see them do that. Yes, and they honestly they made the plot element better. Truthfully. Can you guess what our I, next TV show is? Yeah, it's the last it's one of the list. It's what we saw all throughout Dragon Con, isn't it? It is. Well, we were in Atlanta. Yeah, that's true. Where all <laughs> Marvel properties are shot now. Yeah, so shooting we've, in the Marriott was Loki. We've uh, we've talked about... WandaVision. We've talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've, we haven't started talking about What If yet, but... Wait, not yet. Not yet. We're only two in. Give us time. Oh, no, we're... Three or four. Three or four? Yeah. All right. Give us time. But either which way, let's talk Loki. Okay. Let's not even talk about plot and spoilery stuff. Let's. There's actually something more interesting that I want to talk about. Do you find the Loki in the series to be the same Loki from the movies? Nope. Not in the slightest. It's not. And I'm curious about that. I will directly quote here from Lindsay Ellis, who noted that when we had to do a whole TV show about Loki, who is a narcissist, that the minute we had to make him the focus of the show, suddenly he had very good reasons for everything. He didn't portray a single person except when it made all the sense in the world and we would have done the same thing too. He, it, it feels like we were afraid to actually frame a narcissist as a redeemable hero because narcissism is an, is an actual thing that people need to treat. And when we see that it's, it's a harder mental illness to sympathize with 
than other mental illnesses. Yeah. And see, this, this the, the whole point of the show with the TVA and, like, the variants and stuff like that, why I think I'm more okay with it than other people uh, that this Loki is not the same Loki is probably because he is not. He literally is not the same Loki. Whether that's okay or not is to be seen. I'm not really it's it kind of, it's kind of hit and miss at times there are elements um like that i did really like uh, including a couple of very specific relationships um i did like seeing all the different variants i thought those were fun that was a high point for me yeah there was there was some really good stuff in this show loki as his character isn't necessarily one of them um he is certainly good because tom hiddleston Tom Hiddleston still knocks it out of the park as Loki. I just don't think he was the best written because I think they were looking at it as instead of him being the same Loki as um, as he was in the movies with Thor and Ragnarok and Avengers or sorry, the Thor movies and Avenger movies. He's more just kind of a different Loki. It feels like they broke him on purpose. Like they take him to this all powerful, all knowing branch of space and time that knows everything that's going to happen from here to eternity and shows him a pile of infinity stones acting as paperweights in this place because they have no power compared to the power that they already wield and it feels like that broke him like how can i have power this is the power everything i've had is just tricks at this point even if i I, I took all of these with me it wouldn't change anything i guess that's why they did this story with this force because it was the only way to break a character like that out of it yeah it's it's tough. Like, the other two shows were great in different ways. Loki was good in its own ways, but not it, the, the sum of its parts is not better than the other two shows. WandaVision felt like a self-contained story. Black Falcon Winter Soldier felt like a self-contained story. Loki feels like set up for, for more MCU movies. It, yes, yes, exactly. And that's, that's the problem that sometimes that Marvel has – or even more so, the DCEU has. So it's not the worst way to set this stuff up. And in fact, honestly, the story kind of does flow well enough. And I it like just, Sylvie a lot. Like, I think she's Loki in this. She is. That's And, and I don't, I don't want to say that's the problem because it's <laughs> not. But the way they treat her character and the way they treat his character aren't, don't necessarily need to be opposite because they don't. But if they had treated them similarly, they don't have to be the same character. You don't have, like if you're a narcissist and a narcissist, you don't just have to be the same goddamn character. Yeah, I think there's but nuance it, to be had. Exactly. So it, that's why it gets a little frustrating. I still really like the show. And honestly, we may have to do a full episode on it. I, Maybe I invite Sam and, pa- Sam and Paige back. Gotta do the so, Marvelous Nerds. There's, there's so much about the show and like the impact that it will have on the MCU because it, it, the way it ends, it will absolutely have impact. I just don't know how at this moment. It has a very Tim Burton Planet of the Apes ending, which is not what I was expecting. <laughs> me either. It, that threw me. That absolutely threw me. So there's there's a lot also, to Also, I've never been a fan of Owen Wilson, but I think he does a very good job on Owen this. Owen Wilson is the least Owen Wilson-y in this movie. Yes, they never make him do one thing. Like, if I had Owen Wilson, there would be at one point I'd tell him to be like, come on, Owen, like, you know the thing, do the thing. <laughs> hey, do the thing. Do the thing, do the thing. Be just a puppet for the memes I know about you. So I I do honestly wonder how, because they're planning on doing a second season. They're not so much for WandaVision or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet. That one may come around, but they are planning on doing at least a second season of Loki. I can see them doing that, but it, I don't know how. All right, Aaron, we come to our final entry in the Summer Slam, the spectacular S- Summerthon, the there Summer was, Compendium. Summer, there was, there was a, I had something for this. I'm and sure you did. It. When you think of it, we'll title the episode that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are going to talk about the most recent movie that we have seen, Free Guy. This movie is probably the movie of the summer. Not going to lie. It was the movie of last November, and then it got can't oh, moved. Yeah. And then it was the movie of the spring, I and then it got I, moved. I don't know if we would have appreciated it as much as we did if it didn't get released now. I'm not saying it was good that it was waited, or that it waited this long, or it had to wait this long. I don't think we would have appreciated it, because now that we've been kind of starved for 
this kind of entertainment or just entertainment in general. <laughs> Anything, please. We're like, desperate. We've got some great shows, and there have been some movies to come out. We're not going to mention. Oh, what was Beyond Black Widow that came out that was like Disney exclusive, but on then also on Disney Plus, but through a paywall. Mulan. Yeah, but that that was just total bullshit. Anyways, Cruella. Cruella, that was it. I've heard she Cruella- doesn't skin a single dog, so I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, I'm not really. I, I I can't talk about that movie because I didn't watch it. But this movie was great. It was so much fun, but it was fun in ways that I felt like they t- not not necessarily took their time, but they had reasons why it was fun. Let me be clear: this movie is made for a video game fan, oh, yeah. or someone who knows about video games i can't imagine taking my parents to see this i don't know if they would get nearly <laughs> half of anything that's going on yeah, like i think my well, and it's I not my, it's not pretentious about it honestly i'm not no. gonna no but it's, it's it, like wreck it ralph gets a little obscure with some of its referencing this one it's it's not obscure but it's certainly like because wreck it ralph is, pull have you played a game in the last 40 years you'd understand this this is have you played a game in the last 10 years <laughs> yeah that's yeah you've got you that this is for the the red versus blue blue yes. new grounds some uh, rooster teeth shit in yeah here. Th- this is for that crowd uh that have finally like kind of grown up a little bit just a little bit not yeah. too much apparently no but enough to pay for you know movie tickets and popcorn and shit like that so. aaron does love ryan reynolds so he was I always love biased me some ryan reynolds there's some, some movies i haven't seen of his yet but I this one I knew I was gonna like because of the concept of an NPC essentially understanding that it's in a game. That to me is an amazing concept that has absolutely been explored before. <laughs> uh, just at the top of my head, the Lego Movie. Uh, yeah, a nobody becoming yeah. the most important person well, through th- proxy. Yes, that concept, but an NPC coming self-aware like that—that's new-ish new there was a web comic that came out years and years ago where it was kind of the same thing but it treated in a different capacity so kind of like um you know like oh we have a beauty and the beast situation we have it here and then we have it uh here and they're two different stories essentially um even though it's got the same concept um we just watched one like that oh no i i uh that the comic that we read for uh freak or tomorrow's comics today yes uh, of course shameless plug uh watch tomorrow's comics today liz and i's uh live stream television show for nirvana comics yeah if you want to know more nirvana comics knoxville check it out but yeah there's there's times when you can take a concept like that and treat it differently this one treat definitely treated it differently than the web comic i read even beyond just an npc getting sentience it's about how being a nice guy not only changes you and the people around you, but even people beyond that. Not only his be, NPCs in his game, but not be the good that you want to see in the world. Or be, uh, yeah, don't have the, a good day. Have, have a, a great, great day. day. Don't be a good guy. Be, be a, a great, great guy. guy. How much? That's actually really good. Oh my gosh, Aaron, that like that's like religious right there. Don't be not not by works are you saved, but show me a man who does works, and I'll show you a man of faith. Don't just be a good moral person. Do great things. That's what. Oh. So I will say I had one pretty big disappointment with this movie. Well, Very it, big disappointment. It couldn't have been at the end when they finally, after no. an hour no, of no, waiting, no, 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 shot no, no, their we're, we're, load. No, no. Oh my god! <laughs> no, no, that five minutes. Aaron screamed. I, I. You haven't screamed since uh, Avengers Endgame, honestly, in a movie theater. Not like that, no. No, that was that was the last time I uh Can you imagine if Endgame hadn't come out until 2020? Like, oh, fuck. Oh, no, that, oh, that, it would have been too real. Um, so, but my one complaint, my one complaint about this movie, Takita Watiti and uh, Takia Watiti and Ryan Reynolds' characters never share the screen. They never did share the screen. I'm, I'm supremely disappointed in that. But beyond that, I, I do really like it. Um... There was a couple little kind of things that were tacked on that weren't necessary. I, I get what they were going with it. It didn't work as well as they had hoped. Um, but the the whole concept behind this game, or not this game, this movie, is, is well executed and the characters are enjoyable. Time is up. Can you believe, can you, the listener, believe that we just went through ten different things and... And then we wh- stuck to our guns and did stop talking about them and... <laughs> We could do this more often. Oh, and one last thing. No. No, no, more last things because we're done. We did it. 
10 properties in 100, no, 10 properties in 60 minutes. I think we should call it a summer slam. It's a summer slam. Uh, not, not WWE. Not WWE. <laughs> Speaking of entertainment Vince, that needs to change. Vince, do not show <laughs> yeah. Don't shut us down, please. Don't, please don't sue us. Don't uh, send Roman Reigns to smack us. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> it would suck for many reasons. There are no good things to say about that. It would not I'm be just... well written, and it would hurt physically <laughs> and emotionally. Um, Aaron, it was so fun to like come back and do this again. I have forgotten how animated, for lack of a better <laughs> word, we get when we talk about this kind of shit. I'm excited for us to be back. And it is October, which yes. means we are back into our Halloween time. If uh, everything goes well, we are going to be releasing this the first week of October, and we're hoping to jump back into our Halloween uh, episodes. Uh, we are it's the spoopy season. The spoops. There's so much spoops up in here. I can't hold them all. Friggin' bats. Uh, love Halloween. So uh, we are hoping to do a couple spoopy episodes. Uh, we're going to try to actually do a pretty quick turnaround and do uh, two episodes in two weeks. I can do it. Believe uh, in me. I, I got this. I believe in you. I believe in I believe in the me that believes in you. I believe in the heart of the cards. <laughs> uh, and so, my DM isn't here, so he can't penalize me for that reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a bolt of lightning. They just like all right, moral constitution save. Oh my gosh. Uh this, we, uh, yes, we so had two a lot episodes. Of fun at Dragon Con. Uh, Dragon uh, love Con. to tell you all about it, but that's uh, I think that's for a different time. Yes, uh, and hopefully we'll get back into our live stream too. I'd love for maybe the maybe Christmas during, time. Yeah, would Christmas be time. I think so it might fun be good. to get back into Steven Universe future. Um, honestly, we I will say we'll do this last and then we'll sign off for today. Okay. We did get to go to a Steven Universe voice panel. Yeah, we mentioned it in one of the segments. With uh, Dee Dee Magnal Hall being there. And uh, the question that I asked was which of their favorite gemvolutions they like best. Which are their favorite fusions. Fusion, no, not fusions. Which ones are their looks? Like when they reanimate, oh, when yeah, they reconstitute. Yeah, because right. yeah, um, didn't the guy before you still your question? Uh, yes. Uh, no, he didn't. But it was kind of. Anyway, I have a three part question. Yeah, one of those that, things. Yeah, yeah which is more just three comments in a row. Anyway, um, when I asked that, she, the character who mentioned, who voices Pearl, said, My favorite's probably the Moo Moo. And I realized that has to be a Steven Universe future reference because I have not seen Pearl in a Moo Moo yet. And I so I'm excited think, to yeah, see that. I don't think we have. I'm trying to think because there's. The jeans and the jacket that appears in the movie. That's about I all we've seen besides the ballerina. Yeah, I think we should rewatch the movie before, before we get into Steven Universe I future. I think that's a good idea. Um, and we, I'm really sad that we missed the uh, the panel with the three of them, or at least two of them, and freaking Estelle. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh, I would have heard into Estelle. The, just her voice. Just so... Uh, I just... Oh, mm. I know. I know. Uh, but it's we fair did, enough. We did get into some really cool panels, including uh, Twisted Tunes, which it takes a bunch of like voice actors... Uh, pretty prolific ones and make them do uh, like scripts that <laughs> what was this one? Oh, I was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and have them do as different characters uh, reading the, the line. So like Darth Vader is uh, Willy Wonka or um, Donatello or not Donatello um, uh, Wacko is, you know, Charlie Bucket or something like that. I like how I said we were going to end and then we didn't. It's that good Minnesota goodbye content that you come for, ladies and gentlemen. We just can't stop. Yes, and please share us. Uh, we definitely uh, 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 pass out some stickers. So if you are from, uh, if you are a new listener from Dragon Con, welcome. drop us a com- Yeah, welcome. Drop us a comment. We'd love to see how what impact that uh, those had. So we're trying to do some more. So quick plug part before we go. You can find us on Facebook at Marriage of the Idea. Our website, marriagetheidea.weebly.com. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash marriage the idea. Um, and I think that's all we need to say. I think we're done. Uh, and thank you all for being patient with us. Uh, we hope to get back into a normal schedule uh, soon. Fabulous. Uh, no, <laughs> that's tomorrow's comics today. We were about to just sign up for our other show. Okay, no. Yeah. Uh, oh, and plug party. Tomorrow's comics today on Facebook uh, or Nirvana Comics Knoxville. On Facebook, find the there, and we we do. If you a need live more of us, we talk to you every Tuesday night at six o'clock about All the latest about and greatest comics. in comics. So. Uh, but until next time, he's been Aaron. She's been Elizabeth, and, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.